February 15th, 2016, Monday. The weekend ended, and the Monday school day was always the worst. Just like on Friday, James didn't hit his alarm clock. He didn't have his usual energy. He threw on his dad's orange hoodie and left his house without breakfast. He was sitting on the porch, waiting for Amy to be done eating, when he grabbed his phone and dialed Liz's number for what felt like the millionth time. No answer. At the sound of her voicemail, the pit in James's stomach graduated to a canyon. Liz had never done something like this before. Ever since they met, they checked on each other daily. James stared at her name in his contacts folder. He scrolled up a small bit to see another name. She would have answers, James thought. In a quick, desperate motion, James tapped the green call button next to Era's name. Slowly, he lifted the phone to his ear. Aaron! James was so surprised that she answered, his mind went blank. What could she do to help? Why do you sound shocked? Era muttered. You're the one that called me. I, I just, I figured the number you gave me would be a fake. James, what do you want? Okay, Era, listen. I know you're here to protect me, but I need you to check on Liz. Era sucked in a breath. What? James demanded. What's wrong? James, our contact with Elizabeth went down at 20 hundred hours on Friday. James's head felt light. The hand holding the phone shook slightly, and nervous spiders began to crawl from the depths of his stomach. James? The edges of his vision clouded. Stress moved in. Carthage! What? James thundered. It was only after he had screamed that he realized he had heard Air's voice twice. Once on the phone in his hand, and another right in front of him. Slowly, he looked up from the ground and met Air's eyes with his. She wore her traditional black tank and beanie, and her hair was neatly brushed against the side of her head, not a knot or tangle to be found. Breathe, Eric commanded, slowly lowering the phone from the side of her head. Her voice dropped low as she spoke. Every consonant was muffled, allowing her voice to sound soft and calming. You need to relax, she continued. We're doing what we can on our end, so I need you to do what you can on the human side. What? James, Eric said, putting a hand on James's shoulder. Her arm had a tattoo of a thorny vine covered in roses that entranced James as she spoke. Go see if Elizabeth is still in her home. Still in her home? James, focus. Make sure she is home. Air snapped her fingers, bringing James's attention to her face. What if she isn't home? Call me ASAP and report anything that might be out of the ordinary. Got it? Yes. We will find her, James. Air promised, before vanishing in a flash of mint green light, just as she did at the park. James said nothing, just pulled the phone from his ear and tapped the red button at the bottom. He held the phone in his hand for a long moment before he heard the door behind him open, depositing Amy onto the porch. Amy, have you talked to your girlfriend recently? James asked without turning around. She isn't... James, what's going on? Liz's house. Let's walk by her house before school, James said. It came out more like a plea than a command. Amy gave James an odd look, but shrugged. Since it was only a block away, Liz's house was an easy detour. James bounded up the front steps and nearly knocked when he heard a shout. Setting his ear against the door, James could hear Liz's parents yelling at each other. Her father's raspy yet booming voice vibrated the house, while her mother's voice would periodically rise in a shrill shriek that threatened to burst any nearby eardrums. James looked back at his sister for a second before methodically navigating behind a bush and around the side of the building the way he had done many times in the past to save Liz from this punishment. 
Jeeps! Amy whispered from the driveway, but he ignored her and continued moving. He found the window that led into Liz's bedroom and peered through it. No one was in the room. Liz's bed was a mess, but that isn't what worried James. You see, her bed was always a mess. What made the pit in James's stomach grow was the large red stain on the otherwise gray pillows. The world seemed to shift slightly below his feet, causing him to lose his balance. Bile rose to his mouth and he spat into the grass behind him. Using the wall as support, he quickly made his way around the house to see where her parents were. He eventually found them in the dining room. Liz's mother was sitting at the table crying into her hands while her father was behind her, pacing and yelling. Both of them looked as though they hadn't slept in days. Why were they arguing? Where was Liz? Before James could ponder these questions, Liz's mother looked out the window, seeing James. She motioned for him to leave. James gave Mrs. Barker an appreciative look and made to leave. The moment Liz's mom motioned, however, her dad turned towards the window and caught sight of James. James broke out into a run and navigated around the entire building before grabbing Amy's hand and sprinting down the sidewalk with her in tow. What did you do? Amy yelled, but her questioning was drowned out by Mr. Parker's yelling. You did this! He screamed. What is he talking about, James? Amy yelled over the loud pounding their souls made against the concrete. I'm not sure, but I think it has something to do with Liz. Get back here! The twins didn't stop running until they burst through their school gates and just about tripped. Amy did trip, but was caught by James, trying to stop their forward momentum. Several students lent a curious passing glance, but returned to their own lives. Okay. We're safe. Explain. What just happened? James looked up from his position with his hands on his knees, gasping. I snuck around and saw her parents fighting, he said. Her mother tried to get me to leave, but her father already saw me. They were arguing about something. James's mind started wandering. Where was Liz? What did Mr. Parker claim to be James's fault? His mind continued and picked out every worst-case scenario possible. I think something bad happened to Liz, and her dad blames me, James continued. A heavy pulse had taken to slamming his head like a bull that was trapped within the confines of his skull. What if her father did something awful? What if he found out about Liz's plot to escape him? James grabbed his phone from his pocket and scrolled through his contacts, searching for Air's name. Put the phone down! A female voice shouted. James dropped his phone. It hit the ground, the screen cracking and going black. Amy, did you hear- Right! James put his head down as his mind continued coming up with scenarios. His pulse quickened. He was distantly aware of Amy calling his name, but he couldn't stop thinking. Scenario after scenario flew through his head like a barrage of bullets, all leaving a mark but leaving before he knew they were there. Liz could have run, run away, but there was blood. Her dad could have hurt her. Did he have blood on his hands? She could be somewhere, needing help, 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 but she could have killed herself. The anxiety overtook him. Tears rolled down his face and he collapsed. Darkness took him. Her wings were small. They made her look young, but her face was mature. She had piercing green eyes and looked at me with a mean look. She had a halo. It wasn't gold like an angel, but green. She reminded me of a soldier. She emanated raw power and stood straight and confident. I felt like if I shot her, the bullet would bounce off like she was rubber. The white in her eyes faded to black. She was scared but held her head high so it was hard to see. Red and blue lights flashed in the distance and the girl held a knife to her arm. Shortly after his episode in the parking lot, 
James woke up in the school infirmary. Rarely in his life had he ever been in such a state that he would pass out. As such, the overly bright lights and the swirling in his head were unfamiliar and sickening. The last time this had happened, he had pneumonia. He couldn't get out of bed, and Amy had volunteered to stay home and take care of him, mostly because she knew their mother wouldn't. This time was completely different. The school had forced Amy to go to class instead of staying by James's side, and pneumonia hadn't given him a scab across the back of his head. Blinking against the soft white lights, James lifted his head and took in his surroundings. The walls were a boring gray, decorated with only a few evenly spaced abstract paintings. One was a red and orange swirling mass that resembled fire atop a black background. The one to the right of it boasted an old tree sprouting from water. The final painting was a blue eye. Sitting up further, James could see two beds to either side of him, wrapped in plastic that matched his own. Each bed had a chair next to it. James's chair was occupied by Era, who was fidgeting with a pocket knife. James was about to question why she was there, but someone spoke. Have a nice snooze, Mr. Carthus? Asked the quiet female voice. James shifted his gaze from Aaron to the friendly face of a school nurse. She wore a bleached white button-up shirt with a small, barely legible name tag on her left breast. Her blonde hair was tied back in a messy bun with a few unruly strands falling across her face. James sat up all the way, pushing through the rampant banging in his head. Turning his head to the left revealed the arrows no longer there. He shook his head and focused his gaze on the nurse. What time is it? How many classes did I miss? He asked, desperately trying to keep his voice calm as he stood from the bed. Whoa, sit down, James. The nurse grabbed his shoulders and pushed him rather forcefully back into a sitting position. You hit your head when you collapsed, she said. You need to rest up a little longer. We need to make sure you are not concussed or anything. I don't think you understand how hard it is to make up for missing even one class period, James replied unenthusiastically laying back against the concrete pillows. Good to see your sarcasm is intact, the nurse said with an air of annoyance. You have only been out for ten minutes. Do not worry. James breathed a sigh of relief. Is my sister in class? he asked, his body relaxing against the bed. Yes. Good. I can use her notes. When can I leave? Soon. I just need to ask you a few questions. Ask away, lady, James sighed, closing his eyes in annoyance. First... What happened? I had a panic attack, he replied matter-of-factly, eyes still closed. Do you want to tell me why? No. Alrighty then. Where do you think your classmate Miss Parker is? James sucked in a breath and his eyes snapped open. He tried to concentrate on not screaming. I don't know, he said through gritted teeth. Oh, James. Elizabeth isn't dead yet, the woman whispered. But she will be. If you don't listen to me closely. James's chest contracted, and his head launched from the bed like a basketball bouncing from the ground. His eyes locked on a random point on the wall as he spoke. Who are you? He demanded, his voice lowering to a threatening octave. My name <laughs> is Lesabelle, the nurse said, her voice changing. It was no longer the happy-go-lucky tone that she had. A slight accent now lay where it was previously undetected. James finally lifted his gaze from the wall to the woman's face. Her eyes had changed from a light brown to red, and the whites of her eyes had faded to black. You should not have left Samuel's rat hole. <laughs> we could have had Elizabeth and Amelia dead by now. <laughs> and you would have followed close after. Then the woman jumped at James. He reached for the collapsible chair he had seen Eris sitting on and flung it between him and the woman. She slammed against it, and James was pushed into the bed. 
What do you mean you could have had her dead? James demanded as he pushed hard against the woman center across the room. <laughs> I guess you'll have to find out when it happens to you. <laughs> Isabel laughed. It was a haunting laugh. The woman's hair changed from blonde to red-brown and tumbled down her shoulders. She was a mixture of beautiful and terrifying, and she was once again sailing through the air to pounce on James. James jumped off the gurney and tossed the chair where Lezebel would land before running towards the door. He heard several bangs and the sound of a body plopping against the ground, but it wasn't enough. Get back here! James's head hurt for a second, then he froze. His body slowly began moving back towards the bed. He still faced the open door, he still faced his freedom, but he could tell Lezebel was getting closer. He desperately tried wrenching his head around to look behind him, but it was no use. I should kill you right now, but <laughs> subjecting you to pain will have to do for now. <laughs> Kinky! James squeaked as he scanned his surroundings, looking for a way out. But I might be a little too young for you, he said and reached slowly towards a stapler on the table. Age has never stopped me before. The woman snarled, her breath warming the back of James's neck. You have issues, James muttered in a strained voice. His hand was less than an inch from the stapler now. Oh? <laughs> Believe me, darling. I know. With a burst of strength, James broke from Lesbell's control, spun around and slammed the stapler into her cheek. The impact of the metal object knocked her head to the side, and when she reeled back, James had the satisfaction of seeing a staple sticking out of her cheek and a single bead of blood growing around the point of contact. The woman plucked it out with a fierce scowl and reached for James's throat. He ducked under her hands, elbowed her just below the breast, and ran out the door. Once he was a safe distance away, he turned around to see if the woman had followed him, but she wasn't there. He all but knocked over another woman coming from the other direction. James, what are you doing? It was one of the other nurses at the school. S sorry James stammered, standing straight. You aren't supposed to be running around like that after such an injury. The nurse cried. I'm fine, James responded, his eyes darting in every direction in hopes that Lesbel was not near. Uh, let me go to class. Oh, okay. The nurse seemed confused. With that confirmation, James grabbed his backpack from a nearby wall and ran to class. We should have been there! James was attacked! Er shouted. She usually went with the flow, but this was different. This boy was in trouble. You're lucky your teleportation was noticed. You would have been attacked along with the boy, the master said. James barely got out. If I had stayed, I would have dispatched his attacker. James got out! Samuel shouted. We must set our sights on rescuing his friend. She stabilizes his emotions and thus prevents them from destroying his mind. Oh, what a load of crap! Human interaction stabilizes his emotions. A voice called from behind Era. She turned to her side to see Evie. We could help him. Era gave Evie an appreciative grin and turned back to Samuel with newfound confidence. The only reason you want to go is because of his system, the old man said. Don't think I don't know that. Evie's face flushed. She muttered something about homophobic old people and turned around. Her arms were crossed, and Era could tell that she was only annoyed because she had no good response for Samuel. I'm going, Era proclaimed. There is little you can do to stop me. At that, Era walked away, with Evie following close behind. Sir, Era heard Ensley say. He needs to be guarded. Samuel sighed. Ensley, he began. Yes, sir? Go with them. Make sure they don't cause havoc. Yes, sir. 